0: Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by New York Times bestselling writer, Karina Jan Glazer, author of The Vanderkeep The Beekers Ever After, the final novel in her seven-book bestselling Vanderbeeker series. Karina, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your series, The Vanderbeekers, can you tell us about the series and then how would you describe your latest novel, which, as I mentioned, is, is the final book in the series?
1: Yeah, so the Vanderbeeker books—they um, start with um, The Vanderbeekers of One Forty First Street—and it's the story of a family of seven, so five kids um, with their parents and a bunch of animals, and they live in a brownstone in Harlem, New York City, and. Throughout the course of the series, they get into a lot of different adventures, they weather the ups and downs of life together, and um, they come together with their family and their community to um, support each other and to really, you know, go through really amazing situations and also really difficult ones. And the latest one is The Vanderbeekers Ever After, and that just came out a couple of weeks ago. And that is a story um, that sort of comes full circle from the first book, where the first book is set during Christmas. And the last one is set around the holidays as well. And um, it sort of closes a storyline that begins in the first book about their mysterious neighbor who is a total recluse and doesn't talk to anyone. And over the course of the series, the kids make friends with him and um, become more and more enmeshed in his life. And it sort of culminates in the final book.
0: That's great. Well, I'm curious, do you remember your original idea or impetus for writing the first book in the series?
1: I do. So I was always a really big reader growing up. And I grew up in the suburbs of California. And when I was growing up, it was um, quite a Quiet neighborhood that I lived in, not a lot of families, um, and just not a lot of communication with neighbors. And I remember feeling really drawn to books that featured New York City. I really loved sort of the energy of the city um, through the books, and I really loved books about big families. And so I was really, um, I just, always wanted to check out books about big families living in New York City. And there were quite a lot, even though they weren't necessarily, you know, modern books, but they were books that really fed my desire to one day move to New York City. And so when I moved to New York uh, for college, which I chose the school based solely on the books I read when I was younger, (laughs) Um, and I just love the city. And I've been here for over two decades now raising my kids here. And it really, you know, lives up to a lot of what I believed when I was younger, just that New York City, even though it's a city with millions of people, you know, you find these neighborhoods where people really care for each other. Um, you know, in, in my neighborhood in Harlem, you know, people sit on the stoop and chat with you in the summer. And, um I just really feel like there's a sense of love and community in this neighborhood, and that's why I'm happy to raise my kids here, and that's sort of what led me to write The Vanderpeekers.
0: That's wonderful. I'm I'm curious, do you remember your first day of ever kind of um, visiting the city?
1: Uh, visiting the city? Or, or yes. I mean,
0: did you visit before you moved?
1: You know, when I was younger, my aunt lived in New Jersey. And so we visited her a few times, but I never like went on college tours. So I like chose my school totally, um, blind. So it was, you know, but I knew what to expect because I had visited here before. And yeah, my impressions of the city was always that it was just the most amazing place in the world. There, there was so much energy and life and, um, there was so much to do. There was so much art. It was, incredible.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I'm curious, when you wrote the first Vendor Beaker novel, did you know at that point that you hoped or knew that it would be a series?
1: I had hoped that it would be a series, but, you know, it was my very first book. So my publisher, um, and rightly so, (laughs) didn't want to buy, you know, a whole bunch of books. They didn't know if I was able to do that or even if I wanted to. So they actually, they did buy two books but the second book was going to be another standalone. And when I was, you know, through most of the revision process with my editor on the first book, I was working on the second, you know, standalone book and getting it ready for my editor to take a look at. And then she sent me a note asking if I was interested in the second book. And I said, yes, definitely. And she said, okay. Um, we would love to do another book, but we want to do it within one year of the published date of the first book. So like don't um if you can just like switch gears and (laughs) uh put away the other book that you're (laughs) writing and like write another Vanderbieger's book. And so it was it was quite stressful because I was almost ready to show her the other one. So it was like starting from scratch. I mean, I had built the world and You know, I had, I think, subconsciously thought about what I would want a second book to look like, but it was a bit of a, you know, I really had to like strap myself to my desk chair and just type away um, on that second book to make that deadline.
0: Don't send us the standalone, send us the new Vanderbaker's novel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm curious if... I mean, that you mentioned you got this note from your editor and that was for the second book. Did you ever at any point sit down and kind of plan out the arc of the series when you knew it was going to be more than the first two?
1: I had always imagined that maybe the series would be four books because I start the series in the winter and then the second book is six months later and set in the summer and then when I was writing the second one, I sort of thought they might ask for a third one. And then I was hoping they would ask for a fourth one because that would be all four seasons. I could do all four seasons. It would be like a really nice box set. And um yeah, and then so what ended up happening is when I was writing the third book, they asked for a fourth book and then they asked for a fifth book. And my agent was pretty sure they meant a standalone book. So like at a fifth book that was a standalone. So we said yes. And then um, you know, writing contracts sometimes take a while. So by the time we got it, it was a few months later and it said Vanderbeeker's four and Vanderbeeker's five. And so it was like trying to change my mindset and thinking, can I write a fifth Vanderbeeker's book? But I sort of had already been thinking about like how the arc of the series would end with four. And so, you know, trying to think about a fifth book when you've already sort of closed that arc, it I didn't want it to just be, you know, t- like tacked on at the end because readers definitely notice that as a person who loves series. Um, you know, it's always frustrating when you get to the last book in the series and it just feels like there's like no point to it (laughs) and so I really didn't want to do that so then I was thinking and thinking and thinking how to solve this problem and then I thought well there's a possibility that I could further along the storyline but it wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it in one more book I would need more books to do that (laughs) so that's how I got to seven so it was sort of funny because after all this time of sort of arguing with the publisher about that fifth book then I had to go back and say, actually, <laughs> can you buy two more? And they were really great about it, but it was sort of embarrassing.
0: <laughs> well, well, I'm I'm curious. You, you mentioned that the first Vanderbaker book was your debut novel. What was your writing journey leading up to um, writing that book? Had you written a novel before? Had you written short stories? What was that like for you?
1: Mm-hmm. I had not written a novel before. I... Um, when I was younger, I wrote a lot. So when I was in school, um, middle school (laughs) and, uh, a little bit of high school, but then, um, and then I, you know, when I was younger, I always thought I would be a writer when I grew up just because I love stories so much. I love reading. I pretty much lived at the library and so I always imagined myself being a writer, but then I went to high school and, you know, the workload increases so much. And then I went to college and sort of um, felt like there was a lot of different things I was interested in. So um, I had a lot of other jobs, but I still was always reading a lot. I was journaling a lot. And when I had my kids, um, so my kids are 13 and 15 um, when I first had them, I would, uh, I had a blog, <laughs> you know, that was like the cool thing to do, the blog. So I had a blog where I wrote a lot of like little stories about them and sort of being a mom in New York City and how, uh, you know, New York City is such a funny, um, funny place to raise kids. It's really an amazing place, but also it's sort of hard. Um, and so I would write all these, sort of anecdotes about our days and I would put them on the blog and um, you know quite a lot of people would read them I mean I didn't share it publicly it was mostly it was just like my family and friends but my husband has a really big family and they would read it and one of my uh, so my husband's uncle would read it and he was pretty much like just a news guy I think he's like a doctor and You know, I really wasn't expecting him to read it, but he called me up one day and said he really appreciated and always looked forward to checking my blog to see if I had written anything on it. And he said, I think you should write a book. And I, you know, I was like a little bit surprised. And then like the thought just stuck with me. And I just, yeah. And then I signed up for a um, children's book writing class.
0: That's, that's wonderful. I'm curious, did you ever do anything with that blog, even for a family? Did you preserve it in any way?
1: I mean, it's still on the internet, but I feel like a lot of the links and the images and movies have like the links are all broken, but I think the all the text is there.
0: <laughs> that's great. Well, um, so I I read an interview that you wrote the the first draft of the first book uh as part of National Novel Novel Writing Month, NanoRimo. Yes. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So I found out about this um through the the writing class that I had taken. So I was in the class and it started, I believe the class started in October and I think in the second class someone mentioned it. And I looked it up and I was like, wow, that's a lot of words in one month. And I was like fooling around with this idea about this family. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll just try it. And I told my husband and he thought I was totally nuts. He didn't like, because I had, you know, we had two young kids and life was really hectic. But I was like, I think I really want to try it and, you know, it, and just see, like, if I can do it. And it doesn't matter if it's bad, you know, that, that's the whole point of, you I know, mean, that's something I really learned over the years is those first drafts are always so bad <laughs> anyway. So I, yeah, so I signed up and, and that's sort of, yeah, how I got to the first draft. And that's sort of what I do every time now with first drafts is really try to do a fast first draft, I felt like that process really works for me. Um, I don't try to overthink it too much. Um, Sometimes if I am like, you know, doing that fast first draft and I feel like I'm going in a completely wrong direction, I'll stop and then rethink everything and then start over. But I always try to write quickly in the beginning.
0: And in in terms of that process, in terms of writing that quick first draft, are you... Uh, doing a lot of pre plotting or pre planning, or do you just kind of um, dive into the narrative and kind of um, see, you know, kind of see where it takes you? I mm-hmm. guess
1: I'm not great at plotting in general. So what I try to do is at least have a basis of the idea before I start writing. I think as I've, um, you know, now I'm, I've got eight books out and. So I sort of realize now that I need to do more um, outlining before I start a book just because it makes it easier when I'm actually doing that fast first draft. But in the beginning, I really didn't because I didn't know (laughs) what I was doing. (laughs) So I would just like write and a lot of it was, you know, not good or it sort of veered off the plot. Um, So I'm trying to be better at at plotting something, because that's definitely my weakness, is plotting.
0: Well, are you working on another novel now, or have you started thinking about another series?
1: Yeah, so I've been working on two books. Um, One book is a chapter book series um, that is with a lot of different authors. I think there's 17 of us, and it's a series um, about a third-grade class and it goes through the course of the school year, and every kid in the class has one book from their perspective. So every two weeks, it sort of progresses. So the next kid has sort of their perspective, and it just goes on. And every author writes one of those characters. So it's really fun. I've never been a part of a collaborative project like this, and it was really fun. And my book is the third book, and it's called The Kids and Mrs. Z's Class. And the idea originated with a fantastic children's book author, Kate Mesner, um, and her editor, Cheryl Klein. And they sort of gathered this group of author, authors. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun. And my other book, bu- the other book I'm working on is a historical middle grade. So it's my first historical fiction book. And yeah, it's pretty tough. It's tough to write historical books.
0: Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels?
1: Well, you know, for me, what helped a lot was just reading really widely, making sure that I was really current on the new books that were coming out and sort of seeing like um, just being exposed to a lot of different types of writing and genres Um, especially in children's books, because that was my main interest. And, you know, I think the hardest thing about writing is actually writing. Um, Yeah, so I do a lot of school visits. And, you know, my books are geared for kids ages like six or seven to age 12. And when I do these school visits, I always ask them what they think writers need to do their job. And it's so fun to hear the kids answers and a lot of them say, well, to do your job, you need to actually write. And it's so true because I think sometimes it's so hard to actually sit down and have the discipline to write because it's, you know, it's very solitary and it's it can be really, really frustrating. And I think, you know, for me, that's why it helps to have sort of a word count goal every day and to be okay with it being really bad words. Because I feel like sometimes we, you know, if we're feeling like, oh, this is not a good day to write, and then we don't, and then we don't, you know, have anything <laughs> to work with. Yeah. So for me, that helps.
0: Well, what books, fiction or nonfiction, have you read recently that you enjoyed?
1: Oh, wow. So there's so many great ones. Um Let's see. So there's one that just came out by Rebecca Stead and Wendy Mass. It's called The Lost Library. And I really love their writing. And it's sort of a fun story because it is sort of like a ghost story. And it's sort of like a friendship story. And it's sort of a mystery. And it's sort of an animal story. So they sort of do a good job like uh, combining various genres like that are sort of important in children's literature. So it's really creative and fun. Um, There's a new Jacqueline Woodson book. Jacqueline Woodson is one of my favorite authors. um, And the book is called Remember Us. And yeah, so that one is really exciting. And then I'm a really big fan of Abby Hanlon. Uh, she's another children's book writer. She writes for a little bit younger than I do, probably like first second, third grade. And she wrote this fantastic series called Dory Phantasmagory. And it's illustrated and, um, you know, with words, but it's a chapter book. So it's really great for um, kids who are just starting to be independent at reading and want like something super funny and... Uh, with funny illustrations and yeah so she just came out i think what the sixth book in the series so those are some of the exciting ones that i've seen lately
0: that's great well where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your series the Vanderbeekers? beakers
1: sure so i'm online uh, my website is karina glazer and it's spelled k-a-r-i-n-a-g-l-a-s-e-r dot com and out of the social media platforms, I'm most active on Instagram. I post almost every day, like in stories or, you know, in my feed. And my Instagram handle is at Karina is reading and writing.
0: <laughs> That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking to Karina Jan Glaser, author of The Ever After, the final novel and her seven book bestselling Vander Beeker's series. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Karina, thanks so much for doing this interview.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun.
0: Absolutely.